Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on the show today. Very excited to talk about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Lockdown Blue Devils is your one-stop shop for all things Duke. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. The show is available to watch each and every day on YouTube, continuing to climb towards 1,000 subscribers and your support of Lockdown Blue Devils means the absolute world to us. Coming up on today's show, my very good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will join us to talk about Duke men's basketball's victory over Georgia Tech this past weekend, and the Blue Devils get set for a date with the Wake Forest Stephen Dinkins a little bit later tonight. All of that coming up here on today's show. Josh, without further ado, we've reached the final day of January. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing well, doing well. You know, as a as a uh, Duke basketball and football uh, guy, you know, this was a really good Saturday for the basketball program, and then the football schedule released uh, last night. And so, you know, just, just a good couple of days. But, yeah, man, really excited about talking some basketball with you, and, uh, and I hope you had a good weekend as well. Absolutely. We're going to get into some Duke football conversations in the weeks to come as the ACC did unveil the schedule. Uh, and, and Duke schedules out to look at, and you have a great podcast coming at Section 17 that I would encourage folks to go and listen to. With that being said, and shifting our focus now to what's going on on the hardwood for the Duke Blue Devils, what a victory it was for Duke on Saturday. 86-43, the Blue Devils doubled up Georgia Tech in their game in Atlanta. We wanted to see the Blue Devils back in the win column, Josh. I don't think we saw a performance like that coming. No, I, I definitely didn't see that coming. Obviously, I believe we were seven-point uh, favorites or something like that heading into the game. Um, and it was one of those where it's like, man, we really we really should win this game. <clears throat> but, you know, you never know. It's, it's, it's on the road. It's a conference game. And, man, did this team ever need a game like this where they were just clicking on all cylinders. I mean, we started the game, I believe, four for seven from three-point uh, range. Derek Lively, the second, even uh, getting involved in that. And and we have said this, or I've said this, and I, I don't know, I'm sure in your talks with Jason Jordan and others, like he can, the kid can shoot. I mean, in, in high school, he had a whole lot more of a face-up game. And, and, and so I was really excited to see him hit one. It was good to see Jeremy <clears throat> Roach get back in the field of things. And yet to double him up. I'm one of those fans as I was watching the final five minutes of the game. I'm doing the math. I'm like, you know, can it, is it possible that we could double them up? And then when we did get the double, then I'm like, all right, they got one more possession. I'm like, come on, like, don't let them score. Like, and we did. And so I thought that was really cool. Uh, dominating performance. Your boy, Jaden shoot got a little uh, time in the first half as well. And then some really, you know, extended minutes there in the second half. So all around, just an incredible performance. Much better vibes when we're talking this week as compared to last, right? Last week, of course, we're talking immediately following the loss to Virginia Tech that Duke played on Monday night. We are terrified about the injury news for Derek Whitehead. He did not play for the Duke Blue Devils on Saturday's game against Georgia Tech. But he was spotted kind of warming up and out in action uh, and that sort of thing. And it's been a really positive kind of spin on the Derek Whitehead injury situation. 
Yeah, in fact, Coach Shire uh, has not necessarily ruled him out for tonight's game uh, against Wake Forest. Um, they said it's going to be legitimately like a game-time decision, like if he's able to go today in practice, I believe something like that in the walkthrough. So I don't know how that's going to look. You know, I, I hate to say this, we played at Wake Forest without Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively the first time around. Right. Um, I would rather have um, a little bit, maybe a, a little bit more of 100% uh, Derek Whitehead for Saturday. If it means that he has to miss tonight's game, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was really good to see. I mean, we did that without Derek. Uh, guys stepped up um, and went down into not not necessarily a hostile environment, but you know the way it is, JJ. Whenever Duke is coming to town, more people are coming to that game. The students are going to be a little louder. It is what it is. So every time Duke goes on the road, it's a huge challenge, and we more than met that challenge for sure. Yeah, we absolutely did. Super excited to talk about the week ahead for Duke men's basketball because you're right. Two games inside Cameron Indoor Stadium set to be played. This week we will have a competition tonight against Wake Forest. And then on Saturday, the North Carolina Tar Heels make the crosstown trek to Durham to take on Duke. So it should be a big week ahead for the Blue Devils. Yesterday we also learned that Kyle Filipowski once again was named ACC Rookie of the Week, ACC Freshman of the Week for the seventh time Already this season, he averaged 23 points in two games for the Blue Devils, 18 points on Saturday against Georgia Tech. And as he goes, Duke basketball continues to do great things. Uh, Yeah, and if I can uh, say 18 points Saturday on nine shot attempts, (laughs) six of nine, right? Uh, But a six of nine field goal, uh, he was one of three from from three point, you know, whatever. but yeah, I mean, just just he's a beast, man. and 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 he got uh, he hit a three as well for him, which is good. I feel like any game that Kyle can knock down a triple, it just it just gets his confidence um, where it needs to be. I thought something too. If you're just like a a fundamental basketball, like you're like a fundamentals guy, to watch the uh, the passing, the interior passing between Ryan Young and Kyle Filipowski back and forth. In fact, sometimes Great it's almost point, man. Yeah. It's almost overkill sometimes. I'm right. like, just take it up and dunk yeah. it or whatever, you know. But like those guys really look to find each other. Um, and it was a beautiful thing on Saturday. So yeah, Kyle Filipowski, seven time rookie of the week. Uh looks like he's just gonna be a shoe in at this point for ACC rookie of the year. And and I'll be honest with you, I think if he continues to stretch, he's gonna have to be in the conversation at least on player of the year in the conversation. I'm not saying he's, he deserves it or will win it, but he will be Duke's representative in that conversation. Yeah, definitely deserves some love and opportunity there. All right, let's keep talking about it. There's so many good things to discuss in Duke's 43-point beatdown of Georgia Tech, 86-43, the final score in this one. You mentioned the 18 points for Kyle Filipowski. How about for Duke basketball? We also saw Tyrese Proctor with a career-high eight assists. That's the kind of ball movement and play that I think a lot of Duke fans have been waiting for. We talked about kind of that two-guard lineup with both him and Jeremy Roach. Roach goes four of seven, three-point shooting, making it a little bit easier for Proctor to share the basketball. And again, he finishes with a couple of lobs to Derek Lively, some kickouts to three-point shooters. And next thing you know, Proctor ends up with a career-high eight assists. And zero turnovers. Oh, yeah. And that's been really important really important for for him because I believe all of us knew that he had so much creativity to his game and he had the ability to find the open man, 
but oftentimes those were risky plays and they would backfire. You know, he would he would see a, an, an angle or he'd see a lane um, and he tried to make kind of an almost impossible uh, pass. And so for him to have eight assists and to share the ball like he did Saturday and not turn the ball over one time, I mean, that's pretty awesome. For him and Roach together, they only had two turnovers uh, for the entire game. Um, I mean, that that that's a Duke basketball uh, recipe for success. Really big win for the Blue Devils. Again, 86-43, the final score in this one. Duke is getting set to take on Wake Forest in their next ACC competition tonight at Cameron Indoor Stadium. We'll preview that game coming up here in just a moment on Locked On Blue Devils. This year, the only app that you need at the Super Bowl is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new, that's even better. They've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown coming up next week in Super Bowl 57 between the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid for your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make sure every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back in here to Lockdown Blue Devils today. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Wake Forest taking on Duke tonight from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Taking a look at this matchup, Duke is 15-6 and six overall on the year. Wake Forest is 14-8 and eight on the season. You mentioned these two teams have already played once this year. Wake Forest was the home team, uh, and Duke was without Derek Lively II and Derek Whitehead. Yeah, and here we sit in the ACC standings uh, at six and four. Wake Wake Forest sits at six and five. So this is a very important uh, matchup for Duke. Um, a, a loss in this game gives them the obvious tiebreaker. Uh, should it come to that, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, um, and then at the end of the day, I mean, just your your competitive spirit says, uh, man, they handed us an L at home. And uh, we're not going to let that happen when they come to our place. And so I was at that game um, at Wake Forest, and it was man, it was really odd. I felt like I was at like a early like <clears throat> early November NBA game. That the <laughs> arena was super quiet, like the students were gone. It was very weird. You could I was in the second level, and I could hear the basketball dribbling on the court. It was wow. one of those types of game type of games. So it was kind of odd. I just felt like the energy was just was just not in the room. And obviously that's going to be a different story uh, tonight in Cameron. And so um, I would full well expect Duke to come out and be more aggressive. Um, listen, we we didn't talk much about him from the Georgia Tech game, but we are continuing to see the progression of Derek Lively a second. And I really believe uh, him being able to give us 20, 25 minutes in this game um, is going to be a, a really big deal. And that's something they didn't see the first time around. And so yeah. um, I think that's going to be very important. Um, obviously, students and, and, and the atmosphere will be good. 
I mean, then it's about, you know, can we, can we shut down Appleby? Can we, you know, can we do the things that we know we need to do on the defensive end? And for the most part this season, take away the Virginia Tech game with Hunter Couture. Um, for the most part this season, we've been able to identify the best player on the opposing team. And a guy like Mark Mitchell has really done a good job of at least containing their best player. And so at the end of the day, I, I believe that's what's going to happen tonight. Um, I, I I would be surprised if Duke does not get the win. It's going to be a hard-fought game, but I do believe we come out on top tonight. We're, we are the better team, and we deserve – we should win this game. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Duke basketball a little bit later this evening to see if Duke can get it done, see if Duke can pick up that victory again over Wake Forest. The final – or excuse me, the last time they played was on December 20th, like you're mentioning. So uh, students were away five days before the Christmas holiday – and Duke loses 81-70 against Wake Forest. You talk about Derek Lively. He doesn't play against the Demon Dinkins. He's coming off a 9.10 rebound performance. I want to take a look at some of the predictions here for this one, Josh. In Las Vegas right now, Duke is favored by about 8.5 points, and the ESPN Basketball Power Index gives the Blue Devils an 81.7% chance to win tonight's basketball game. Did did this, I mean did a forty three point win sway it so much more so? This is Duke basketball that we're accustomed to seeing, but you and I, part of that makes us a little hesitant uh, to yeah. just think Duke is going to be okay. Haven't lost at home yet this season, but I don't know, man. Eight and a half. That's a little. That's a little uh, generous. Um, <laughs> a little generous. I'm not a betting man uh, currently, but I I would stay away from that uh, on the Duke side. Um, you know, th- this game very well, in my opinion, could be a five-point game or less. I mean, this could be one of those grinded-out wins where, you know, maybe we seal the game at the free-throw line, uh, things like that. Now, I say that, and here we are, you know, 10 hours before tip-off, and we could blow them out. We could blow them out of the stadium. I have no idea. But at the end of that, I could definitely see this game being very, very tight. The Steve Forbes is going to have his team ready. They're going to fight. They're going to claw. They're going to try to ugly the game up. And rightfully so, and uh, so yeah, I think I think the Vegas is maybe like you said overreacting to a forty-three point victory on Saturday. Uh, just just a tad. It's strange. It's really strange yeah. to see these numbers like this. I do think you bring up a good point though, with with Lively being back involved, with Proctor getting more comfortable. Who knows what we're going to get out of uh, out of Derek Whitehead if he plays at all this evening. And then of course, looming is the game against North Carolina. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that matchup in segment three from the, the Tar Heels versus Blue Devils perspective. I'm curious, though, there always feels to be a worry when you have freshman stars for Duke basketball, knowing you've got the full week on campus, knowing how big Saturday's game is going to be and that sort of thing. Do you worry about kind of overlooking a game like this tonight, too? Yeah, you know, I think those things happen when, uh, ironically, when your record is better. Like, I think if you're sitting here with two losses, you're, like, looking ahead to that big matchup because it's number five Duke against number seven UNC. Right. I think this season both Duke and UNC sit here with, what is it, uh, let's see, both with six losses. We're both 15 and six, identical records right now. And so, like, to me, I don't think either one of us, Duke or UNC, can afford to overlook any game. Um, and so I don't think we're going to overlook Wake Forest. Um, I mean, can you imagine a loss to Wake Forest and a loss to UNC if something like that were to happen? I mean, Duke is really back down there with the Florida States of the league if that happens. And so at the end of the day, 
they can't afford to do it. And so um, I, I don't believe it'll happen. I believe I do believe in the leadership of Jeremy Roach. Um, I do believe in the leadership of Batman, uh, Jalen Blakes, yeah. um, and these <laughs> other guys. And then, of course, we can't forget. I mean, we've we've spoken of light of Derek Lively, but I mean, we can't forget that Ryan Young really has provided veteran leadership in this team. And I think those things put together, they're not going to let this game. If we lose the game tonight. I don't believe it's going to be because we overlooked it. It's sure. going to be because they legitimately outplay us. Sure. We're talking about Duke basketball and looking at what they've been able to accomplish this season. The Blue Devils, uh, you know, early on in the year, everyone across America is talking about Duke's ability to rebound the basketball. The offensive glass was definitely something that Duke dominated, was able to create second chances. Doesn't feel to be as much a part of the conversation over the last few weeks or so. Now that conference play has started, probably because there have been some losses that have popped up for Duke. The counting stat numbers are still rather impressive for Duke. How big of a factor has rebounding been for Duke's success, do you think? I mean, I think it's important. I, I will say this. Uh, I think we mentioned it last week or a couple weeks ago. You know, a guy like Kyle Filipowski, when he decides he wants to get a rebound, like come hell or high water, <laughs> he's going to get that rebound. Sure. Um, and, you know, and then you have Derek Lively who can jump over people and grab rebounds. And then you have the Ryan Young who, like, is the ultimate uh, position guy. Like he's going to get in position, and so I think we are. We are, and then you got long guys like Mark Mitchell playing. You know, playing on the wing, they can come in. But I do think this. I think the better you shoot, the 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 worse your offensive rebounding numbers look. Right. So like, the better we can shoot from three, I'm fine with us not getting offensive rebounds if we're right. shooting four for seven from the let, three point line. Let's let it fall through the net. We don't need to chase it down at that. Point. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and, and look, I mean. I know coaches aren't going to say this, and I know the majority, but a lot of rebounding, JJ, is is by chance. I mean, the ball bounces certain ways, right? Does it come off strong and and get to the free throw line, or does it come off glance off the rim and it's at the block? It's right underneath, at the yeah. end of the day, a lot of that stuff is like, okay, uh, we might we might be a really good rebounding team because of chance at the beginning of the season, but let it go throughout the season and everything's going to kind of balance itself back out. And so I think a lot of it now, I am a big guy. I love the Ryan Young getting rebounding position, all that stuff. I'm all about that. But I do think a lot of rebounding is the way the ball bounces. Love it. We'll see what Duke can do tonight against Wake Forest. You can watch the game on ESPN, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Duke and Wake Forest. All right, let's take our last time out. We'll close out our conversation here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl this week. From Mobile, get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Make sure that you subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl starting tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Locked on NFL Draft, wherever you get your podcasts. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right, Wake Forest tonight for Duke. And then we will not speak again until Saturday's competition against the North Carolina Tar Heels from inside Cameron. It is the first matchup between these two teams since the Final Four game that did not go in Duke's favor. It is the Tar Heels' first trip to Cameron Indoor since spoiling Coach K's send-off party. Uh, it's got to be a get-back, get-right game for Duke in the rivalry 
but then also more importantly in the context of the season as well. I'm really looking forward to Saturday's game. JJ, I'm not sure why you uh, felt like you needed to bring up the Final Four and Coach K's <laughs> final home game uh, on this podcast, but uh, sorry, we're supposed to be talking with Duke fans here. We don't want to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you're exactly right. I mean, uh, once again, we only are returning two players from that team last year. But uh, there, there must be extra motivation for this for this game. Um, you have John Shire's first season as coach. Um, you know, it's 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 his first chance to make his mark um, on this rivalry, and so um, it's going to be great. Now, it is very interesting that both of our both of these teams find themselves just a couple of spots out of the top twenty-five. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, UNC came in at 26. I believe Duke somewhere between 28, 29, something like that. So we we both sit just outside the top 25, which is unique. That doesn't happen very often. Um, but both of these teams are hungry. And let's let's be real here. I know we're both 15 and six. I know we both programs wish they probably had three, maybe four losses instead of six. But these are two programs that know they have the ability to make some noise as we get closer to March and April. And I, you know, I believe the games like this are huge. The first game is always the big one, right? Like I know we're going to play again in in a couple of weeks, right? That first game seems to be uh, the one that's most important. And so, yeah, I believe we're going to have to come out. I, I love the fact that Derek Lively has emerged as a legitimate threat, because I believe if you look at, at their team, I mean, they have, Obviously, Armando Baycott, you know, Duke fans can hate him uh, if they want to, but he's an extremely productive player. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Pete Nance, who's very, you know, um, man, he's got hops and just an athletic guy. We're going to need a guy like Derek Lively to really be able to be around that paint, um, you know, with Filipowski, with Ryan Young. So it's going to be interesting. And then when you have the – we can't talk about Duke UNC from the last two years – and ignore the Caleb Love, Jeremy Roach thing. I mean, yeah. this goes all the way back to the recruiting days when when Duke decided Jeremy Roach was their target and basically informed Caleb Love that they were no longer recruiting him. That has been his motivation. And, man, he's really put it out there on the court. And so yes, not that Jeremy needs to take that game over in any way, but that's a storyline. I mean, look, Caleb Love has outplayed him. Caleb Love is, has killed, been a Duke killer. And so can we contain, um, can we win that game? Absolutely. We can win it. We're just going to have to do some things really well on Saturday. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Like you said, I hate to bring up what happened last year, but (laughs) we can't change history. And unfortunately that's something that uh, we've got to live with moving forward. I'm ready to see how these freshmen play in the bright lights, right? We definitely saw Duke's freshman a season ago, excel in moments like this. Uh, You know, we've had Wendell Moore jr. On the roster for several seasons in these North Carolina Duke games, and he always delivered a big buzzer beater in Chapel Hill. And so not only is it a great point that you made in John Shire's first chance to make his mark as a head coach in the rivalry, but freshmen getting to add to the storylines and success as well. To this day, we still see Jason Tatum's dunk over Kennedy Meeks all the time. We still see Austin Rivers' shot, of course, there in the Dean Dome. So uh, what freshman plays, what newcomer plays are we going to get to see in the rivalry this year? Yeah, and I, I believe, you know, while while there are some difficult matchups uh, looking at their roster for us, I believe we provide some difficult matchups for them as well. Um, you know, Kyle Filipowski is a problem. Yeah. He's a matchup problem. And 
you know, I, I would assume that Leaky Black is going to be um, on him some, uh, as well as Nance back and forth. And I believe when Nance is on him, he, he can he can he has the advantage out on the wing. Um, I believe when Leaky's on him, he, he he has the advantage down in the block. And so we'll see how Duke does that um, and how they get Kyle the ball where he can score. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we're going to really have to to play well. And um, and I've got a lot of respect for what Hubert Davis has done last year. And then, you know, even even in this year, like I said, I, I cheer every time they lose. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan at all. But, I mean, the respect has got to be there. And, and like I said, we both sit at 15 and 6. We both have one game before the game Saturday. We will hopefully, uh, at least for Duke, maybe we'll go in 16 and 6. Uh, so, we could go in with the exact same record. And let's put the ball on the floor and let's see what happens, right? For Hubert Davis, the Tar Heels head coach, of course, in his second season after taking over for Roy Williams, uh, something that's been – uh, that we've seen over these first few seasons with him, a much shorter bench, right? He, he doesn't get as deep into his bench as his predecessor certainly did, kind of a la Mike Krzyzewski in a lot of different ways. There are truly days where six significant players play in these basketball games for North Carolina, and seven, eight, and nine are maybe out there for three- or four-minute bursts, but everybody else predominantly is going to play in those games. Duke's got the deeper team. Can that be a factor in Saturday's game? I think that's also going to be a big storyline. Yeah, and that's the fine balance, right? Because when you when you put all your eggs in the top six or seven basket, it makes your job easier as a coach, right? Because like it's it's ride or die with those guys. Right. When you're Coach Shire and you've gone nine deep, and if you if Derek is back, possibly ten deep a little bit when you add Jaden Shoot to that. Um, it really is about finding the hot hand and finding like what's the what is the rotation uh, going to look like tonight and who's playing well and who's not and like that becomes a little more difficult. But once again, I like that we like the fact that we're playing more guys. Um, but it will be interesting. I, I don't know. You know, you got a guy like Jalen Blakes who has had kind of an up and down season as far as getting minutes and things like that. But we know this. We know John Shire trusts him. Yeah. And when you have a matchup with a guy like R.J. Davis. I think Jalen Blakes is a is a really really strong matchup, and you know that's going to mean Tyrese Proctor, I believe, is going to be the Caleb Love matchup, and then you know Jeremy's going to play off of that. So, you know, there's a lot of little things that that we can keep our wait. eyes on. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Very First and interesting. foremost, got to take care of Wake Forest a little bit later tonight. We'll see if Duke can do that at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll recap it coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Josh, it's so great to chat with you as always. I mentioned the Section 17 podcast. Uh, that you proudly co-host. You guys got a new show out. Uh, what do people need to know about the program? And we'll get more into Duke football next week here when we talk. But tell us a little bit about the Section 17 podcast before you get out of here. Yeah, for sure. We talked Duke football. And so uh, we released an episode this morning, um, our reaction to the schedule release that happened last night. And so if you're interested in Duke football at all, uh, just search for Section 17 podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd appreciate uh, the support as you obviously listen to Locked On. Uh, throughout the week, we don't we don't release as many uh, episodes as JJ does here. Uh, but if you're Duke football specific, uh, we would love to kind of give you even more information. And uh, little Birdie uh, has told us that there's going to be another episode releasing next week, and it's going to be an interview uh, episode. And so hopefully, uh, I'll just oh, leave boy. it at that. But that's yeah. gonna, that's going to be a good one. Um, but yeah, so um, we appreciate the support there. Duke season tickets for football are on sale, so go grab them. I love it. Josh, we'll talk to you again next week, okay? JJ, have a good week, man. We'll see you. 
That's my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast joining us here on the program. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Thank you, as always, for your support. Be sure to follow and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And also make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page to watch the show daily each and every day. For Josh Cox, I'm JJ Jackson. That's going to do it. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you and good day.